She was sexually assaulted when she was just 15 years of age, and she was in a position where she felt like she couldn't tell anybody about it. Contrary to what you would hear from Hollywood and the media, she didn't self-destruct. She continued on to create a great life for herself in the United States military. She's also a podcaster and a personal and Pilates trainer. And she's here to tell you about her story and her journey. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. If you enjoy the Law Enforcement Today podcast, do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, if you've got a few moments, leave an honest review and rating. But most importantly, tell a friend or two or three. Calling us from the Charlotte, North Carolina area, we have Cat Court Shadow on the phone. Before we talk to this amazing person, I want to let you know I met Cat in the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat, and we connected a long time ago in podcasting rooms. So if, if you are in the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app and using it, look for me, John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show. Very easy to find. And anything to do to help you, I'd be more than happy to. Kat, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. You are a person of a lot of achievements. And we'll go into some of those in a moment. And the reason why I wanted to have Kat on the show, we talked a little bit about overcoming trauma, traumatic events, impacts on your life. And Kat is a perfect example of someone who has done that. I'm going to run down your list of accomplishments real quick. United States Air Force veteran, served 20 years. Thank you for your service. Very much appreciated. She has a podcast called Sisters in Service. She's part of the Women Veterans Network. And she's a personal and Pilates trainer in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And I officially feel like an underachiever. Kat, that's a lot of stuff to do. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. <laughs> you do. Look, people ask me all the time, how do you find time to get everything done? And I'm like, you find a way to get it done. If it's important, you'll, you'll find time. I'm going to confess right now. I'm going to tell on myself, I got to get back in the gym. I really do. For a couple reasons. Number one, obviously the health reasons. Number two, I like looking like you know the old guy with gray hair who's put together. But number three, <laughs> it's good for my emotional and mental health. It really, really is. It absolutely is. Um, there have been studies that show that, you know, working your body actually stimulates your brain. So there are times when, and you know, with, with what you do in radio and, and everything, that sometimes you get stuck and you think, like, you just can't think at all. And so I'll go for a walk, just a simple walk. And by the time I get done with my walk, I know exactly what I need to do. So it kind of clears all the clutter out of your brain and gives you that straight line to exactly what you need to do. We also used to have a saying that people taught me is that to change a thought, you need to move a muscle. And some thoughts, you know, they get really stuck in your head. And I don't know about you, and we're going to talk part about your background. When 
that comes to traumatic events in my lifetime, as a police officer, I went through plenty. And sometimes they come back to visit you. And there's a lot of things that go along with it that are not good. And I found the only way I can really effectively get rid of that unwanted thought process is to get physical and do something involving moving a muscle. Exactly. And it's it's great for your body. It's great for your brain. It's it's problem solving at its highest level because your brain and your body are working together. And that's the that's the ultimate right there. Well, you've convinced me. You twisted my arm behind my fat back. I'm going to have to get back in the gym. I appreciate you doing that for me here on the radio. One of the things that I absolutely love, and this is going to sound weird, is people go through all kinds of horrible things in their lives, all kinds of trauma. And so many people that go through these, these traumatic events have a tremendous impact on them. That's inevitable. But Hollywood and what we believe in stereotypes is that once you go through something horrible, your life is pretty much over. Cat is the exact example of that is not true. Breaking through the stereotypes. We're going to go back to when you were a teenager. You were a military dependent? Yes, I was. I, my father was in the Air Force. We were stationed in Germany at that point. And you went through something horrible. Now, by the way, I have two daughters. They're now 31 and 32. And I can't imagine this happening to a a young boy or young girl, but something about me, and I'll confess, maybe I'm old-fashioned, it really, really disturbs me when, and I know what you went through, you were sexually molested, for lack of better words. Yeah, actually it was a sexual assault, yes, at 15. And depending on where you are in the world, it could be rape, it could be lots of different terms, and I really don't want to get into specifics, it's just, it's ugly. And... It's it's so easy for people to say, well, what the heck? They were 15. They were 16. That's not a big deal. Well, uh, what I always told my daughters is this. When you're 15, you're 16. When I was 15 and 16, you know, I was still very much a kid. And I had very much a, a mindset of a kid, even though I was a teenager with a grown man's body and all that stuff. Once you get propelled into that world, you're in the adult world and there's no going back. Never. You can't go back at all, <laughs> unfortunately. And the worst part is this was totally unwanted. It wasn't, there's nothing about it that was part of the growing up process. It shouldn't be a part of that. You know, I mean, you want to be a, a, a kid for as long as possible, especially now. Back in the 70s, you know, when I was young, you know, I was much, much younger than a lot of teenagers at that same age today. And so a lot of things that would be available today weren't available then. And you just learn, I learned how to deal with it the best way that I knew how. And so much of what we hear is immediately when a a young woman is sexually assaulted as a teenager, they resort to drugs, alcohol, violence, withdrawal, all kinds of antisocial behavior. Was that the case for you? Not at all. I mean, I was, when I was that age, I was scared of my own shadow, um, to be honest with you. And when you are sexually assaulted by an active duty person who has a very good record, who are they going to believe? Are they going to believe a dependent 15 year old? Are they going to believe this person who has no scars on their record at all 
and their superiors love this person. I didn't, I never even told my, my parents about it, to be honest with you. It's a horrible thing to go through, number one. The actual assault is, is horrible enough. The af- after effects are horrible enough. And I know this from investigating many of these as a police officer. Secondly, the thought that it's me against this military establishment. And I love the military. I'm a career Navy family guy. And I grew up in the Navy. I love these people. I really do. But to be stuck in this situation, I'm a 15-year-old teenager and who's going to believe me over the word of someone who's highly respected in the military branch? We're talking with Kat Corchado. Kat is a survivor, flourishing very well, retired United States Air Force veteran, served 20 years. She's a podcaster. She's part of the Women's Veterans Network. She's also a personal and Pilates trainer in Charlotte, North Carolina. And when we return to the Law Enforcement Today show, we're going to talk about her experience being sexually assaulted what happened afterwards and the decisions she made in her life that changed the direction of her life. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime story podcasts. So we started a new one called true crime fighters podcast. Very few of the true crime podcast tell the stories of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. Each episode, no longer than 15 minutes. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters podcast. Subscribe today for free or be sure to check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters podcast. Back to our conversation with Kat Corchado on the Law Enforcement Today show, Brief Rundown. It's hard to do brief when you talk about Cat's life. She's a retired United States Air Force veteran, served 20 years. She's a podcaster. Her podcast is called Sisters in Service. She's part of the Women Veterans Network. She's also a personal and Pilates trainer in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Cat, thanks so much for being on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much. And we're talking about when you're 15, you were living in Germany as a military dependent and you were sexually assaulted by someone in the military, correct? Absolutely. Yes, sir. That's correct. Number one, you got to get rid of the sir part. It makes me feel like I'm ancient. So we we can't do that. I know it's old. I know you grew up in the South. I know that. I do the same thing. As a matter of fact, I just brief offshoot. I have to call my aunt Patty in a little bit and I'm in my sixties. I still refer to her as aunt Patty. I can't help it. It just feels feels wrong to call her Patty. I can't do it. So you were in a military family and you were sexually assaulted by a well-respected member of the military. Can you go into some details about what happened? And you don't have to be really specific, whatever you're comfortable talking about. Sure, absolutely. It, It came as a surprise, actually. It was someone that I knew and I was put in a situation where I was off base with this person and I was pretty much told that I would have to do something in order to get back on base. And so I felt as though I was painted into a corner. So you, I wanted to get back home. So you do what you, what you think you need to do. And so afterwards, you just feel as though, did that really happen? You're kind of in shock. And then you really want to tell somebody, but I knew 
that the worst thing that could happen other than that sexual assault is nobody believing you in when you tell your story. And that was worse to me than, you know, not being believed was worse to me than, and then in some ways than what had actually happened. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that from my own experience in career, rape victims, sexual assault victims, it's one of the hardest type of investigations to do because uh, it, it's almost always someone the victim knows. It's all, yeah. I'm repeat that. We love to talk about the scary guy in the car with a candy or, hey, kid, help me find my kitten it's, or puppy that's lost. Those are very real threats. But the biggest threat to our children are people we know and people that we trust and people who have become an intimate part of our family. The other part of it is getting through to the point where you say, listen, I'm going to just take all the facts from you. Tell me what happened and I'm on your side. So to be in a position where you're already violated in the worst possible way and then feeling like no one will believe you, that's a horrible choice to be in. It is awful. I I had to compartmentalize it. I had to put it in a box and put it someplace where I, I couldn't deal with it at that point. You know, I was I was still in school. I'm, you know, trying to get stuff done, trying to graduate, you know, go to school, grad, you know, get my diploma and, you know, move on with my life. And it wasn't until later in my life that I really had to, to realize that I needed to deal with it. And, you know, the, the best way that I found to deal with it is realize that, A, it wasn't my fault. B, I was put in a position that was not uh, not of my own doing and then you know to not only forgive myself but also to forgive the person that did it because that's the only way that i could move forward that's a pretty tall task i've forgiven a lot of people for a lot of things but i don't forget and uh, there's an old saying about that i don't quite remember what it is but almost everyone who's ever wronged me in my life i had to forgive and the reason why and this may sound counterintuitive to, to you listening. The reason why is because it just punished me. It didn't do anything to them. It ruined my life. Hanging on to anger, hanging on to revenge, hanging on to and reliving these things just ruined my present life. Absolutely. You know, it will make you ill. It will make you sick holding on to it. So, you know, forgiving the person wasn't so much about that person it was more for, it's more for me. You know, if I forgive this person, that means I can move forward and I don't have to think about it anymore. I just left it. You know, after I went through the process of it, I left it out in the wind and I've moved on with my life and I'm better for it. How old were you when you decided I needed to do this to move forward? I need to forgive this person to move forward and create the life I want. That didn't come till much, much later. You know, it was compartmentalized so long. And I would tell you from the 20 years I did in the military, you know, it would pop up every now and then. I'm like, nope, nope, put it back on the shelf. But actually when I was, when right before I I met my husband, so we've been married for 27 years and I realized there was a lot going on in my life. I, you know, I met my husband, my son was getting ready to graduate. There were a lot of changes and this kept popping up. It kept coming up. And I realized that I really need to deal with this. And so this was um, uh, 1991, I guess. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, 1994. And it was just something that I I felt in my gut that I had to do. 
Hollywood would have us all believe that when these things happen to people, and they happen far more often than we realize, and I, I hate to break it to anyone listening, the amount of women that are sexually assaulted, that are raped on college campuses will scare you to no end. The amount that happens in our homes with family members, trusted individuals, and babysitters should scare everyone to death. These things happen all the time. But Hollywood would have you believe that when it occurs, there's a series of events that happen, okay, where all of a sudden, the, the, the person this happened to, the young lady this happened to, was vibrant, outgoing, a cheerleader type, all the things. And all of a sudden, they're sullen, they're withdrawn, they won't communicate with anybody, they're drinking or drugging, their school grades go down the tubes, and uh, they become very, very antisocial. Was any of that in the cards for you? No, I didn't let on at all. I acted as though everything was just peachy. I had to. My parents were always watching me, always looking at me, and they, you know, they would say, "What's wrong with you? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm, you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm just doing my homework, you know." But I had to make believe for them that everything was okay. And I, at first I thought, you know, maybe I'm doing that more for them, but I think I did it more for me too. And I can see right now, and I'm just going to imagine the reason why was because, listen, I grew up in a big family. I have four younger sisters. My dad was in the Navy. And when you live in a military family, it's a little, the dynamics are a little bit different. Uh, quite often, one spouse, one parent is away a lot, and you don't want to upset the apple cart. You don't want to upset the equilibrium of everything going on because then it can feel like my fault. Look what I did. Look what I brought into this family. And that's a lot more pressure than anyone needs. But that, I would imagine, probably was the case with you. Absolutely. You just don't want to, you know, I'm the oldest of three kids, and you're supposed to be that role model, you know, and I just felt as though I had to keep everything the same as much as possible, act as normal as possible, stay with all my activities that I was doing, all my sports. By the way, sports helped me a lot. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Kat Corchado on the Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Return to conversation with Kat Corchado, United States Air Force veteran, did 20 years. She's calling us from Charlotte, North Carolina. By the way, she's also a podcaster. The name of her podcast is Sisters in Service. She's also part of the Women's Veterans Network. And also, as if there's not enough, a uh, personal and Pilates trainer in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Kat is, uh, by the way, is Kat short for Catherine? No, it's a family nickname. My Actually, my given name is Carol, but no one calls me Carol. They call me Cat. Listen, with your personal training background and everything you've been through, I wouldn't dare call you Carol unless you gave me permission. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not even on the telephone in a radio station where you're a thousand miles away. Before we went to break with Cat, she was talking about she was the victim of a sexual assault by a military member 
in Germany. She's part of a military family. And what she said before the break made perfect sense to me that growing up, she didn't want anyone to know because she didn't want to upset the dynamics in a family relationship. There's a lot of things going on in the military families, and I love them, by the way, that may be a little bit unique. A lot of people don't understand unless you've been there. So you don't want to be the one, whether it's your fault or not, that creates upset in the schedule. I didn't want to be the one that got hurt. I didn't want to be the one that got sick. I didn't want to be the one that got in trouble ever. So it was always, look, toe the line and, and just do what you're supposed to do. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But we're going to fast forward. So you graduate high school and then you, do you go to college and then go to the military or do you do military a few years later? Well, I went into the military a few years later. So I went in at 22 um, years of age and because I kind of rebelled against the military a little bit for a few years. And then I realized that maybe it's the smartest thing that I could do at that point in time. And so, yes, I went in under, under delayed enlistment in November 1979 and I went on active duty in March of 1980. By the way, I rebelled against the military too, and it probably was the stupidest thing in my life. Instead of going in the military at 18 and doing three or four years, I did odd minimum wage jobs and was a royal pain in everybody's butt. That's really what it was. <laughs> I mean, I look back and I go, if I could tell myself, my 18-year-old self, something now, I'd say, you know, you're not going to do well in college. You're going to major in drinking. You're going to fail in everything else. You're going to be working at gas stations. You're going to be a taxi cab driver. You'll be driving a Mr. Softy truck. Go in the <laughs> Navy or something and, and and see something and learn something. Absolutely. It's, if, if you have no idea what you're going to do when you leave high school, it's a nice kind of moment even though it's four years, I call it a moment in time that gives you that space to say, okay, I have a job, I'm getting paid, but what else do I want to do? So after four years, you can say, you know what? I know exactly what I'm doing. And you've either gone to college while you were military, if you were smart, or you know exactly what you're doing when you get out of the military. So it's, it's kind of that nice segue into adulthood <laughs> yeah if you went in at the age of 18 and I, I knew at 16 16 and a half what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to go into law enforcement i'd want to be a priest before that but for many reasons decided that wasn't a vocation for me law enforcement was but no one hires you you're not gonna get a job at 16 or 17 so you've got all this time i could have done something with my life and gotten medical benefits a bunch of other things and, and and probably learn some other skills while I was waiting. So uh, my hat's off to you for doing that. But you did 20 years. And that is something that a lot of people don't realize. That takes a special kind of person to do a full career in the United States military. Well, when you first go in the military, by the way, I had no intention of doing 20. I don't think anybody or very few individuals go in the military saying, I'm doing 20. It kind of just happens. And so I was a single parent in the service and, you know, you're there. It was a safe place for your child to grow up and, you know, you were based, on base housing. And so it felt comfortable. You know, you're, you're being fed, you're being taken care of. And it just, it happened, you know, so here's my thinking. I'm really bad at math, just saying. So I said, you know what, I'm going to stay in the military until my son is 18. And then not realizing 
that when he went to college, I only had five more years left in the service. I was like, eh, I might as well just do another five and get my full pension. Yeah, you make it sound like a moment in time. Hey, it's only five years. What the heck? I've come this far. <laughs> might as well go the rest of the way. During that time, earlier in the conversation, you talked about periodically negative emotions and feelings in for me, aggressiveness, anger would pop up as a result of what you went through when you're 15. And you would say, no, no, I'm not dealing with that now. I put it on a shelf. Did you find that interfering with your personal relationships like with your husband? No, because I realized that, especially with my husband, he was just a totally different person, you know, than, than that person. And there's something that happens And I don't know if this happens for men as with women, but women start to rely on what we call our gut instinct. This gut feeling of whether someone is, how can I say this, good for you or not so good. Or safe or a threat, for sure. Yeah. But it's that gut instinct where you're like, "Mm, no, I'm going to stay away from that. And I learned to rely on my gut instinct even now. I mean, even at, you know, 63 years old, I still use my, I'm always correct with my gut instinct, always. So I will, I will always rely on my gut instinct. I always tell people this, uh, and as, this is my police training, especially women. And my sisters I taught this to, my, my daughters, my wife knows it. Always trust your, and you believe in God or Mother Nature, whatever it is, always trust your God-given or Mother Nature-given instincts. If something makes you uncomfortable about somebody, trust it. Don't yeah. deny it. And don't be afraid of being rude or viewed as somehow hostile. You can always apologize later if you're wrong. But if you put yourself in a bad situation and your instincts were telling you this is not good, I shouldn't be here, man, a lot of times it's really tough to undo the damage. It is. And if I'm honest with you, during that time in Germany, my gut instinct was shouting at me. But because I was brought up to be this very, you know, nice young lady and and you didn't scream you didn't shout you did exactly what you were told i didn't act on it i did not act on it at all and i should have well that's easy to say when you, we look back well they say hindsight's twenty twenty, right oh yes <laughs> yeah, a lot of things i didn't see that i see now and but and this is a great conversation because i can speak candidly with cat i don't know why we just have some sort of connection but my daughters are the, I tell people they are the type of people they're great they're strong they're independent I've always trained them never have to rely on someone else to take care of you choose who you want in your life but they're the type of people that swing on you in a heartbeat if they think you're out to hurt them they <laughs> will try their best to knock you out Absolutely I mean it's it's just something that you know as a single parent you grow up to be very you grow up to be fierce especially as a woman you know, someone puts their hands on your child. You don't ha- you don't sit there and go, oh, should I say something? You're like, uh-uh, take your hands off my child. You get this protective, like, mother lioness type of, you know, respect that you get from people when you're like, I'm not taking that. And I even took that into my job when I was in the military. So people ask me all the time, you know, with, you know, MST and stuff that's been happening in the military. And they ask me, has that ever happened to you? And I said, no, but I didn't know why it didn't or what, why it, sh- you know, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like, 
you know, why didn't that ever come up? And I don't know whether it was my persona, how I carried myself, but it never happened. But you just get this fierceness about you that I'm not dealing with that. I'm not taking that from you. I'm so no, glad you, you said that. You can't I'm come in, you know. It's I'm, that. I'm so glad. Here's the reason up. why. My wife and I have a saying that we say all the time. There's a lot of people in the world you can mess with. I am not the one. I, <laughs> exactly. You can take that mess somewhere else because... <laughs> Look, I'm not going to play. I'm nice to everybody. I'm civil to everybody, but I'm not going to let you hurt me or anyone I love. This is the Law Enforcement Ace Show. We're talking with Kat Corchado. So much more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. Back to our conversation with Kat Corchado on the Law Enforcement Today Show. She is a retired United States Air Force veteran, did 20 years. She's also a podcaster. Her show is called Sisters in Service. She is part of the Women Veterans Network, and she's also a personal and Pilates trainer in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And we're talking about a horrible thing you went through as a teenager in Germany on a military base. You were, you were sexually assaulted. You went through this stage of, I'm not telling anybody, and I'm not going to let anybody see me sweat. And I get it. I understand why you made those choices. And then earlier in the conversation, Kat, you said, you compartmentalize stuff. You put it away. You conveniently put it on a shelf somewhere inside your brain. I'm not going to deal with this. Maybe some other time in my life I will. And it'd pop up and you'd have to move it back. It'd pop up, move it back. There came a point you said where I had to do something about it. And where were you in life about that time? I was in right in the middle of my military service. So I was right at 15 years. My son was getting ready to go to college. I just met my now husband and I had to really, and when I say the process, it wasn't just I dealt with it once and then it was gone. It was a steps, you know, there were steps to it. You know, I would think about, I had to think about the entire thing that happened to me, the entire assault from start to finish. And whether I did something wrong or not, I had to be able to say to myself that it's over and it's done. And I have to move forward. I can't go back and fix it because if I did, that would be great, but I can't. So I have to move forward. And in order to move forward, I had to first forgive myself. I had to say, you know what? You were 15. You didn't know that there were people like that out there. So I had to forgive myself. That was one process. The next process was forgiving the person. And that took a little bit more time. But I, the forgiveness was more for me than it was for that person because I couldn't move on until I forgave this person. And once I was able to, to do that, I had a clean slate. I could move forward with my life and continue on because if I hadn't, I would not be, I truly believe I would not be where I am right now. 
And by the way, you had a lot of big accomplishments in your life at that point, but you must have felt there was something that was holding you back about your reaction to the experience many, many years before. Well, I think a lot of it came to, you know, being a single parent at, at a certain time was, you know, you were, you weren't really looked upon as someone to be very successful. You know, I was looked upon as, oh, you need to get a husband. Oh, you're probably going to be on welfare or you'll be in the system. And I, and I said to myself, I'll be damned if that's going to happen to me. Good for so you. So this inner, this inner strength that this is not going to happen to me. I'm going to be something better. My son's going to be better than what people think. The other great thing about this is it took me a long time to realize this, Kat, that I cannot pay my bills with other people's opinions of me. I just can't. Oh, so true. <laughs> but And yet I wasted so much energy, so much emotional energy, uh, trying to make sure everybody thought I was a great guy. And not everybody does. They're not going to. But it's like trying to live my life so that everybody else is okay all the time. And it's so much pressure. And you brought up a great point. Forgiving yourself was one thing. Forgiving the other person was a, a, a lot longer process. One of the things I had to do is I had to learn to accept that these horrible things happened in my life. They're part of who I am today. They are part of my DNA, but that doesn't mean it has to have a negative impact on my life today. Absolutely, but you have to make that choice. You have to choose to move forward, and that's what I did was choosing to move forward, not living back there at that point or being mad at this person and and not feeling like I can't do anything because of it. And I was going to do it despite that, you know, because I've, I've got a very stubborn streak in me. Um, I'm very stubborn. And when I put my mind to do something, I, I actually do it, believe it or not. <laughs> There's lots of people out there that don't. I'll go back to me saying I'm going to get back in the gym. Once I'm in, I'm in. I'm, I dive in the deep end. That's, but it takes a while for me to stick my toes in the pool first and go, oh, I really want to do this or not. <laughs> but see, Absolutely. for me... Without going into details, I began to really withdraw and was emotionally unavailable for my spouse and my children at the time. And it took a long time for me to get beyond that. A lot of work. Uh, So you said the big transformation for you was your son was going away to college and you were getting married. I guess that's two big stressors, positive nonetheless, but stressors that kind of forced you into saying, okay, here I am at this point in my life. What do I do with myself? Well, to your point, you know, when I compartmentalized it, it was because, you know, you have a child. My child did not understand what was going to happen. I didn't want him to understand. So I had to be mommy. And I couldn't be mommy if I'm thinking about what had happened prior. So part of that was just, you know, making sure that my child had a life that was great, as good as I could give to him. And so when I was able to let him go to college, yes, it was a stressor. Getting married, yes, that was a stressor. But they were good things. And I had to remember that. Him going to college after all those years of being a single parent was a great thing. Finding this man that I've now been married to for 27 years is a great thing. And I had to keep remembering that. You you wouldn't have those things if you had been dwelling in the past and dwelling in uh, the trauma the after effects of that, 
you got to find a way to, to, to move forward. And one of the things I love about your story, Kat, is if you're like me, people, you meet a lot of people every day. You have to with what you do. Most people would never, ever, ever know that I went through the things I went through even as late as my 30s. And that's true. You know, it's just, it's it's a part of me, but it's not written on me in in indelible ink. It's part of me, but it's, I think it's also made me a better person that I'm able to relate to people, you know, uh, in a better way. Um, that's why being, you know, applies instructor and personal trainer, even being a podcaster, I'm able to talk to people in such a way that it pulls them in and it's this personal conversation. It's not your traditional interview. So I think because of it that I've, that I'm better because of it. Not that it had to happen. <laughs> let me, right. let me reiterate that. I think I could have been, but it made me grow up. It made me stronger. I had to be stronger and I had no choice but to do that. And I'm glad that I was as strong as I am and that I was very determined to move past it. You mentioned your podcast. What is the name of your podcast and what's it about? It's called Sisters in Service and it's conversations flown about women veterans. But what I've realized is that, you know, it's not just women veterans, that there's military spouses, there's um, male spouses, there's gold star and blue star moms. So I've opened it up a little bit more, but it's conversations for and about women veterans, those things that happen to us in service and out of service. And it's a safe place to talk about these things. The other thing that I love is that I highlight women veterans who are, who are in business. They're doing it. They've got their businesses booming. They're doing well. And I want to give them that spotlight and say, Talk about your business. I want to know more. I think it's great you're doing that because one of the things we need to start doing, and I struggled with this for a long time, we need to shout our successes to other people, not to be braggadocious, not to say, hey, look at me, but to show other people, no matter where you come from, you come from a law enforcement background, your career was ended, you did a full tour of duty in the military, whatever it might be, and you can accomplish great things if you decide to move forward and, you know, fail forward. So obviously you're doing that. I'm trying to, you know, it's, it brought up a good point about people not being, not shouting out their successes and women veterans are those that, you know, we don't say, Hey, look at me, you know, look what I'm doing. Well, look at me over here, but in business you have to, and that's really uncomfortable. You have to come out of your shell a little bit. Even me, I have to do that more. Um, you don't see me on social media, you know, oh, this is what I had for lunch, and this is what I did over here. But I need to be seen a little bit more and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Who wants to be a part of my journey? I know your your podcast, Sisters in Service, is available where all podcasts are served. Do you have a website as well? Yes, I do. It's podpage, P-O-D-P-A-G-E dot com backslash sisters dash in dash service. And you can find all the latest and greatest in 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 my podcast. Kat, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for your service. I really appreciate you taking time to talk about your story. All very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. It was a pleasure. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. 
tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. We'll be right back.